so again, as mentioned, in 2017, we didn't have a nurture program in place. They were kind of sporadically getting one-off uh, emails whenever we had a new webinar or a new piece of content coming out. And this led to a pumpy buyer's journey. And believe me, no one was laughing and having a good time. Uh, our customers were not happy. Our sales team was not happy. So this was obviously something that we needed to address. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing, sales, and operations be better at their jobs. Packed with inspiring keynotes and tactical breakouts, B2B MX has blossomed into a must-attend event for anyone in the B2B realm. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. With this series, we'll revisit some of our favorite sessions and have some follow-up conversations with some of the industry's top leaders and innovators. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. I'm Alicia Esposito, Senior Content Strategist for Demand Gen Report. And for today's episode, we're going to dig into a topic that is really relevant for all marketers out there, their nurture campaigns. And let me paint a quick picture for you before we dive in. Back in 2017, the folks at Carbon Black had no nurture campaign and no multi-touch strategy. All of the leads generated had minimal understanding of who Carbon Black was and how they could address buyers' pain points. This led to really inefficient and irrelevant sales conversations, which is a lose-lose for everyone. Listen in to hear how the marketing team got their nurture strategy on the right track and ultimately helped generate more closed one business for the company. Awesome. Uh, so before I start talking about myself, I want to thank Cassandra and everyone from Path Factory. Uh, I want to thank my entire marketing team, Demand Gen, Ops, who are sitting in the front row. Special shout out to my boss, Vanessa. Uh, if it weren't for all of you, I wouldn't be standing here today. Uh, and lastly, I want to thank everyone for coming uh, and participating and listening to hear me speak. I really appreciate it. Uh, so how Carbon Black increased MQL volume by 2.5x, and how we increased our MQL to SQL conversion rate by 388%. That sounds crazy, um, but really this starts in 2017. We didn't have a nurture program or even a true multi-touch marketing campaign set up, and this ultimately led to incredibly uneducated uh, leads and prospects on who we were as a company, and that in turn meant poor sales conversations, and as a company, we were missing out on a ton of opportunity. So as a group, we decided we wanted to do a better job engaging uh, with our leads and doing a better job educating them on who we were as a company and the value that we provide. And we were gonna do that through a nurture program uh, that, again, helped engage and uh, educate our customers. And as a result, we've had better sales conversations and ultimately more closed one business for the company. Uh, so that's kind of the synopsis of what I'm gonna be talking about today. Um, back to me. Uh, so my name is Chris. I'm on the demand gen team at Carbon Black. Uh, obviously, I enjoy spending time with my friends and family. And I also had two dogs growing up, uh, Mac and Kelly. I was a terrible parent and played favorites. Uh, so Kelly made the screen and Mac did not. <laughs> um, a little background on Carbon Black. So we went public in uh, May of 2018, so just over a year ago. We have 56 plus hundred uh, customers, over 35 of the Fortune 100. Um, we're an endpoint cybersecurity company, and in layman's terms, we're essentially the Ferrari of antivirus, which is pretty cool if I do say so myself. 
Um, and then really quickly, I'm not going to touch on this very much, but this is essentially what our marketing stack looks like at the moment. I know that's probably interesting to a number of you. So if you have any questions, feel free to come talk to me after the session. Um, but let's jump into it. So today, I'm going to be talking about our, our business challenges, which I already mentioned, uh, how we as a marketing team address them, what our results were, hopefully uh, give you all a ton of great takeaways that you can bring back to your companies and help enable your teams. Uh, and then if there's time, a Q&A. Uh, or again, you can come talk to me after the session. So challenges. One of the primary challenges we were facing was the overwhelming majority of our leads were only engaging with one piece of content, whether it was a report, white paper, webinar. And again, this meant that they weren't fully educated on who we were as a company or the value we provided. Uh, and again, they weren't either re-engaging with us or uh, they were immediately getting touched by sales and being like, hey, why are you calling me? I don't even know who you are as a company. Um, additionally, sales wants that magical unicorn. They want more leads and they want more uh, quality and quantity of those leads. Um, so that was another uh, point that we had to address. Um, and obviously, if this is what sales wants and we're not providing it, then that creates uh, sales and marketing friction. And so it was really important for us to do a better job communicating with them uh, what we were doing, why we were doing it, and how we were in turn helping them and providing them better leads going forward. So our solution. Uh, so again, as mentioned, in 2017, we didn't have a nurture program in place. They were kind of sporadically getting one-off uh, emails whenever we had a new webinar or a new piece of content coming out. And this led to a pumpy buyer's journey. And believe me, no one was laughing and having a good time. Uh, our customers were not happy. Our sales team was not happy. So this was obviously something that we needed to address. And so in 2018, uh, when Vanessa and I joined the team, we really, uh, again, made it an uh, initiative to address this and to do a better job setting up a program going forward. So we started with kind of your basic uh, engagement tracks in Marketo. We initially uh, grouped everything by the different products that we sold. Uh, so based on what type of product, uh, what type of asset a lead engaged with when they came in, they then went into that corresponding nurture track. Uh, we also uh, ended up adding a few line of business tracks. So like you can see the SMB on the screen. Um, so it was a nurture program, but it was kind of a basic nurture program. It was something that we set up to get it going. Um, but since then, we've really started building it out uh, and manipulating it and improving it, which is what I'm about to talk about. So 2019, a robust, sophisticated nurture, right? Uh, oh, perfect, it works. So we have a video uh, that I'll speak to. So when a lead receives an email from us, uh, it links them directly to a PathFactory track. Uh, so essentially, we were able to ungate all of our content going forward through during our nurture program. Uh, because we already know who those leads are. They're already in our database. We're already emailing them. Uh, and so it was easier for us to send them right to our content and track their engagement from using PathFactory, um, enable them to engage with the content that they want on their own pace, um, providing videos, reports, uh, blog posts, demos, a number of things on the side. So that way they can engage with what they want on their own terms. Um, and so actually during our nurture program, so we don't gate anything, uh, but we also have the option you saw at the end of this video. If it's an unknown user, we can put uh, rules in place that say, after they engage with a piece of content for, let's say, 30 seconds, then we display a form. So that way, um, if they're an unknown user, we kind of give them a taste of what they're going to get. 
uh, and then we kind of encourage them to give us their information. Uh, and as a result, we've seen a much higher form completion rate, which I'll touch on as well. Um, but I think actually the next slide. So really, uh, I think this is kind of key for us setting up the backend for success with the more sophisticated, robust nurture. Starting with personalization, we're working with our marketing ops team to create more dynamic emails so that way we can more personalize the message that we're delivering to our uh, prospects. So that includes uh, dynamic emails by line of business or by persona. Uh, again, these are things we're working with the marketing ops team on, which I appreciate. Um, we also restructured the content that we were sharing. Uh, so that way, we did a better job sharing our company story and not just talking about the products we provide, um, but really talking about everything we were doing. So we essentially uh, have the content set up by the funnel stages. Uh, so more high level uh, awareness content kind of going into engagement and education all the way down to conversion. Additionally, as mentioned, uh, we kind of encouraged the form flexibility, so we were ungating all of the content we were providing to our known users. Uh, we also want to engage with leads at their pace uh, on their level. So we are in the process of creating fast and slow lanes. So the more someone consumes content, the more we're going to give them content. Uh, and similarly, the less they engage, uh, if they're not even opening our emails, we slow down the cadence, spread it out, so that way we're not getting uh, and really high unsubscribe rate. Um, and lastly, we're in the process of also creating an advanced engagement scoring, uh, which actually I will talk to here. So everyone starts with the essential like demographic and engagement scoring uh, that we're all familiar with, or I hope we're all familiar with. Um, but we were also very fortunate. We have an internal data science team uh, who reports to our chief revenue officer, and they used Mintigo to go through. Uh, and basically, based on a number of data points that we have, based on who our current customers are, who we think has a propensity uh, to speak to us and buy to us going forward. They kind of ranked all of our leads, uh, A through D as well. So that was another layer of scoring. And then additionally, now with Path Factory, we can go that next step to not only say, like, this lead downloaded a white paper, but this lead downloaded a white paper, read it for 10 minutes. Uh, and so we're going to give them a slightly higher score because we know they read it, we know they're engaged, we know this was interesting and relevant to them. So that was pretty cool. Has your marketing team created some killer content? Are you always trying to take a new and creative approach to your campaigns? Give your team members the kudos they deserve by submitting for the ninth annual Killer Content Awards. Submit for one or more of the 19 categories, but hurry, the nominations close November 1st. If you're selected as a finalist, you get to attend the 2020 B2B Marketing Exchange for free. Go to b2bmarketing.exchange slash awards for more information, or simply click the link in the show notes. We hope to see you in Scottsdale. Uh, so what are some of the results we're seeing? So as mentioned, the overwhelming majority of our leads were only engaging with one asset before either never re-engaging or getting passed to sales. Now, leads that engage with Path Factory content streams on average consume 2.4 different assets, whether it's, again, white papers, reports, videos, blogs. Additionally, they're spending, on average, 8 minutes and 46 seconds consuming this content, 
which I think is pretty powerful. Um, everyone in every other presentation has talked about like the goldfish attention span, um, but we're, what we're providing really allows them to engage for longer um, and pay attention and consume what we're saying. And lastly, um, because we're giving them that kind of sneak peek into the content that they're gonna be reading before displaying a form to unknown users, uh, we're seeing on average a 23.6% form completion rate, which is pretty powerful. And when I say display it to unknown users, we're using Path Factory links across multiple channels, including our website, including social. So if some unknown user clicks a link uh, in a LinkedIn advertisement, for example, winds up in a Path Factory track, starts reading it after whatever, 30, 45 seconds, then we populate the form uh, and over 23 almost a quarter of the people are filling that form out, which I don't know about everyone, but for us, that's significantly higher than our landing pages on our website. So that's awesome to see. Um, additionally, there are, are a ton of account and lead insights within Path Factory that have been incredibly useful for us and our sales team. Um, obviously, I edited the names of the companies, but this is a real screenshot from our uh, dashboard. So you can see who the visitors uh, are and what they're engaging with and how long they're engaging with content uh, at each account. Obviously, if there's one visitor engaging with 85 assets for over five hours, that is Michael Scott at Dunder Mifflin. Um, additionally, we also have insights into the content that we're providing everyone and how it's being engaged with, how long people are watching it, um, basically what's resonating, what's not resonating. Um, and it's not just by content type, which you see here, but we also have the ability to label things by themes. Uh, so for us, for example, we have antivirus as a theme, but we also have threat hunting as a theme. So we can see what's resonating better and what's resonating with who. Uh, and then <laughs> the main point of this presentation, all of this has allowed us to increase our MQL volume. So we didn't need to increase the volume of leads we were necessarily generating. We've just been doing a better job engaging with them and qualifying those leads um, and, and basically helping educate them and prepare them for the sales team. And I took our overall MQL to SQL conversion rate and compared it to the MQL to SQL conversion rate of leads that specifically engaged with Path Factory. And it was almost four times higher uh, conversion rate for the leads who engaged with Path Factory because it meant they were consuming more content, they had a better understanding of who we are and the value we provided, and it led to better sales conversations and ultimately more close one business for the company. Um, and just some quotes on what sales is saying. Uh, obviously, they find the content insightful, uh, and they appreciate that we provide it. Uh, and someone <laughs> explicitly said that they love knowing how long their leads are watching webinars uh, and watching videos, which is pretty cool. And again, we can do the same thing for assets, uh, like reports uh, and things of that nature, white papers, et cetera. And what I really want to leave everyone with uh, is creating a buyer-centric journey. And that specifically includes addressing the minor intricacies of buyer behavior. And what I mean by that is, as mentioned, engaging with them at their pace, on their level, providing them with the type of content they prefer to consume. Uh, so by uh, allowing them to read reports, uh, videos, blogs, white papers, um, some people who may be more technical versus some people who want to just you know, watch a high-level video for five seconds, uh, it allows them to do that. And additionally, again, ungating content. I think that's where the entire industry is headed. Um, and Path Factory is an incredibly useful tool to do that. Because um, again, it's able to track everything our leads, our known leads are doing 
on those content tracks and everything syncs back to Marketo and to Salesforce. So we're capturing everything that's happening and we're able to actionize uh, that information and that data. And lastly, I think what also really helped us, um, and this is general to everybody, um, was switching from kind of our product-focused content streams and nurture streams to funnel stages uh, based on topics and themes and really doing a better job telling a story of who we are as a company and the value that we provide. And I guess I kind of raced through that. But feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, <laughs> and I'm happy to do a Q&A right now. All right, do we have some questions? So we, we, all right, we have one question there. Uh, so for certain assets, essentially, or especially our higher value content, we have email triggers set up to notify the sales team through Marketo and the integration that when an asset uh, such as our Forrester report uh, is getting viewed for X amount of time, uh, they get notified saying like, hey, this person's obviously interested, um, things like that. There is a Salesforce integration uh, that we don't have fully set up yet, but I know that integration that we're in the process of <laughs> working through um, that does provide the sales team right on the lead level and account level with uh, what assets those leads are engaging with, how long they're engaging with them, providing all the same content that essentially I'm manually sending them via <laughs> Marketo emails. Uh, you can actually see that right in Salesforce. Yeah. More questions? I have a question for you. So yes. I, uh, my background was in cyber, and eight minutes on a cybersecurity uh, is, to me, insane, because uh, cyber is not one that's usually uh, that you're going to spend that much time on. What's the, was there a content or type of content change that you know, allowed people to stay on the page longer? Was it, you know, were you video? Was there anything that was within the content that also helped with those, with those numbers? Uh, I think, among other things, uh, historically, we had a lot of product-focused content. Uh, because our product marketing team was creating the overwhelming majority of it. Uh, and I think we also did a better job creating more awareness and higher level content just about cybersecurity in general. And here's how you can spot and defend against threats in general that apply to everyone, regardless if they're using our technology or competitors. Uh, and I think at the very least, that helped uh, reel them in, if you will, uh, start that engagement. And then they're like, all right, now that like we're seen as a thought leader and they trust us, they're gonna to continue to consume our content and continue to kind of follow that journey and that funnel that we're essentially putting them through. Um, and also, I think what's also great is the 23.6% form fill rate. Like cybersecurity, no one wants to share their personal information whatsoever. So we have an exceedingly low uh, form completion rate on our website. So the fact that we're able to increase that so significantly through PathFactory has been huge for us. Cool. More questions? All right, you guys can uh, grab Chris later for questions as you see him throughout the rest of the day. Uh, can we get a round of applause? Good work. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Marketing Exchange podcast. To receive future episodes, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And if you're hungry for more B2B best practices, Join us at the 2020 B2B Marketing Exchange, coming to Scottsdale, Arizona from February 24th to 26th. You'll have access to more than 100 sessions focused on content marketing, demand gen, ABM, and so much more. 
Save 25% on your pass by using discount code B2BPOD. That's B2BPOD. We hope to see you there.